Today's episode is brought to you by the Innovation Collective. The Innovation Collective is a global community of local networks where humans find connection, inspiration, accountability, and education in a rapidly changing world. We invite you to support today's sponsor by visiting innovationcollective.co. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we'll offer the staples. You know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Ed certainly appreciates that. In addition to the staples, the best buffets serve up a mishmash of food items that are too hard to pronounce but are a necessity. So we'll offer up a smorgasbord of special items too. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed and Phil. Welcome to another podcast from the Business Buffet. You know, Phil, today I want to talk about something that I think is the most confusing element that a small business person runs into. You know what that is? I think I do. Logos. You know, everybody who starts a business, when I started my business, I had a dear, dear friend of mine, this friend and her husband, we've been friends for 30 years and she's a really good graphic artist. But like all graphic artists, everything begins and ends from the graphic. And me, I'm an engineer. To me, everything begins and ends with success for the customer. To me, everything is all about, did the customer that I'm serving benefit from my service? To me, the logo doesn't matter. The graphic doesn't matter. The picture doesn't matter. Other than it does kind of matter. So one of the most recognizable logos that that are anywhere that doesn't make any sense at all but you know what i'm saying i, I know what you're saying is the nike logo the, the nike okay mm-hmm. what does that have to do with shoes absolutely nothing nothing it, it, it there's a story of how they came up with that swoosh uh but it has nothing to do with athletic apparel shoes or, or anything with it with they sell but it is uh very widely known and that's their logo. Well, and I think that's where the confusion comes from. Small business people are told by their graphical consultants, you've got to have a logo. That logo's got to be killer. So people recognize your business name on that logo. Um, and then they point to Pepsi and Coke and NASCAR and whoever else, the national brands that we all know. But I would, I would call that a part of the logo, uh, like uh, the M for McDonald's. That M is the icon, Pepsi. The, the blue and red is the icon, right? That's a part of the logo. And so I think the icon, and I know I'm interrupting. No, that's all right. But when I talk with a client about creating their logo, I say, what I want in your logo is the entire thing that includes an icon, an image, and a tagline that we can use when we're promoting. It either everything or in part. 
and where I agree with you 100%, it really has very little, I mean, you want it to be palatable, but it doesn't have to be the end all be all and spend thousands and thousands of dollars by a graphic designer. I'm sorry to the graphic designers out there. It's just the way I feel um, to spend that money on something that is in your mind perfect, because ultimately the consumer will tell you if you're perfect. If you have a great graphic and a crappy service or product, sorry, it doesn't matter. Well, and let me lay this on you and see, see what you think about this here. The logo, if you're designing it from the standpoint of the graphic, in my book, you're completely missing the point. Our business is not about the graphic. The graphic should be about our business. So when somebody, when I'm trying to help them with their, their imagery, I'm, I'm not to say that we need to eliminate graphic artists. I'm not one. I appreciate the graphic artists I work with because they got a skill set that I don't have. Exactly. And it does cost money. But I always feel that we should start first from the service side. To brand or not to brand, to me, has more to do with what is the solution that you're providing. We brand the service, not the company. Yeah, there's company branding. If you look at my logo, it's really just a cartoon caricature of me. Prior to that, it was it was an arc with an X. I'm, again, I'm an engineer. Don't hate me. But but you are kind of a cartoon, so that I kind of am. I kind of yeah. am. So yeah, the cartoon caricature certainly made a huge difference from my recognizability. People come to a coffee store to meet with me, and they already recognize me because my caricature looks just like me. Maybe not now with all the gray hair, but I digress. But rebrand. Rebranding. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had a graphic artist update my logo. I hated it. It's like, that's an old guy. <laughs> that's not me. Well, we don't want to go there, do we? So, it's just a number, Ed. So branding at a service-based level really involves a deep understanding of the solution that you're bringing. When we are helping our customers really we're we're looking for that repeat business if we're not looking for the repeat business then we're selling ourselves short we, gone are the days where you you make a washing machine and it literally lasts forever and you never see that person again i i remember the hoover vacuum cleaner door to door salesman do you, have, do you ever you remember these guys oh yeah hoover kirby yeah, rainbow filter queen i can name them all Direct sales. And I, I remember I was about five or six years old. I had this little toy organ and it was right next to the door. And I'm sitting there playing the organ. And there was this knock on the door. And, and uh, my mom came to the door and opened it up. And there was this, I don't know, I, I was five. Looked like an older gentleman to me. Probably could have been 20. I don't know. But to me, being five or six years old, he was an old guy. And he had a vacuum with him. And he talked to my mom, and I was kind of listening to him. And when he said the price of the vacuum, I'm thinking, there's no way my parents are going to buy this thing. That's expensive. Yet? It was $1,200 vacuum. That was then, too. And that was way back in the 70s, yeah. early 70s. I'm thinking, no way, no way. And they talked, and they kept talking. Way. And... My parents bought a $1,200 vacuum. I remember 20 years later asking them to co-sign a loan for a $1,400 computer and they darn near puke. <laughs> but it goes down to what I'm trying to say. 
when they bought that vacuum, I inherited that when my parents passed away. And that is the best vacuum that I've ever used. Well, here's something. How would you like to be a door-to-door salesman selling encyclopedias? <laughs> and then the, the week after you sell that big old edition encyclopedia, there's no more Soviet Union. And that encyclopedia is now uh, rendered useless. Indeed. Uh, so there are those guys as well. That's a lost art anyway. Uh, but the idea here is we brand the solution, not the service. And from that standpoint, now branding has a meaning. Uh, it, this goes down to, you know, every seven years-ish, we have a recession. And in business school, I learned that during a recession, the way the business operates is the package. Package, package, package. Don't lower your price, increase your service offering. Make it more advantageous for the company to do business with you because they don't have to do business with as many people. It's the same thing with your service. If you brand your service, if you, excuse me, if you brand the solution. It's easy for you to say. Right. Uh, then when people are looking for that, whatever it is, the, the decrease of time for project management, customer relations, the increase in um, uh, effectiveness out plowing the fields, you're branding the solution not the service. So from that vantage point, a brand is no longer limited to just an icon or a graphic. So my idea of branding is, it includes the icon, the logo, the graphic. It includes that. It's a part of the package. It, it all really, in my opinion, needs to be engineered and reduced all the way down to why you're in business, what separates you uh, from your competition and what you said, which is the solution. What solution are you offering? And can you offer that in a better way or a less expensive way than your competition, whether it's a, a service or a product? Well, and I, I think I should qualify here. You know, I'm a niche-based business. You know, even though web development trade show displays could be think, thought of in terms of uh, mass market, that's not the way I think of it. I'm, I'm very, very niche focused. So when I'm talking about branding the solution, you know, there's eight or 10 solutions that my business offers. That's it. I certainly understand a company where they have thousands of solutions. And that's okay if you can service those thousand different avenues. Well, then what we're branding, the solution that you are presenting to the marketplace is the, uh, the collection that's right. Of solutions. It's the one-stop shop. It's the convenience factor. That's what Amazon does. Amazon. Sort of. <laughs> well, uh, they've got a huge product line. And they can get you that product line, in most cases, in two days or less. Okay, so they are solving a huge need for immediacy and having trained customers now to get away from the touchy-feely. They can see it on the screen it's like 30% less, and they're gonna have it the day after tomorrow. Well, so this one in your, in your brain for just a moment. Amazon doesn't make anything. No. Amazon is really no better, no more than the department stores. They're a distributor. We used to go to department stores as kids. I remember Ford's department store, downtown Watsonville, California. I loved going to that place because it wasn't just one thing. You can go into the, the same store, you can buy a rototiller, some shoes, 
a suit, and some candy if you wanted, uh, all in the same place. And Amazon, if not for the people who sell stuff, Amazon wouldn't exist. That's very true. So their solution was streamlining the checkout process. I mean, if you think about it, 20 years ago when Amazon was coming into the marketplace, I didn't trust to put my credit card on the internet. Nope. I buying something online. And that's why I said the training of, you've mm -hmm. gotten people away from the, I need to touch and feel it. But then what Amazon did was they didn't try to sell the fact that they're a collection of products other than books. I mean, they stumbled into the marketplace. Well, that was presented to them. Coming, coming through the books. But even there, they, they didn't write the books. They were a clearinghouse for other publishers. But um, they presented themselves as a secure and efficient online processing system. And they branded themselves with their little cute smile as somebody who's going to be happy and secure. So they did the branding from the solution right. based. Right. So <clears throat> you, you talk about branding can be so many things. Uh, and you brought up that little department store. And it's conjured up a memory of the Bon Marche in Seattle. And the Bon Marche had the Santa Claus. You had to go to the Bon Marche Santa Claus. Now we're, we're close to Christmas. We're like a month and a half away, two months away of Christmas. We have, uh, they had the Bon Marche Santa Claus. They had Frangos the candy that you could only get at the Bon Marche. These are certain little exclusivities, exclusive things that they were offering that people created traditions with family to go and get their picture with Santa or those frangos come out. And by the way, oh, there's the, the dish set for Aunt Sally. Uh, lay down, Sally. Sorry, Clapton reference, my bad. But these are all parts of the, the marketing that intertwines with branding, correct? Mm -hmm. And understanding the solution that you're providing also means that you need to understand your demographics. That's right. And all of that needs to be accounted for in your brand. So I just, I look at small businesses. I, I have a friend, he's a fishing guide, or was a fishing guide. Uh, he got pneumonia and then his lungs deteriorated and he couldn't go out in the morning cold anymore so he had to shut down his business but before he shut down his business when he started up i met him early on he came to a chamber meeting and it, it's kind of like he got the list of things to do from a consultant through the state a score i don't know if you ever went to but the, it's kind of like a business startup package it was called score i forget what the acronym stood for but not important so he rented the office. He hired somebody to create the logo. He got the promotional products. He bought a trade show display, for goodness sakes. He wasn't even in business yet. He branded his truck with, with graphics, with a, with a car wrap. Branded his boat with a wrap. He didn't have a single customer yet. And then he hired me to build his website. And that's when I met him the first time. And, and I'm thinking to myself, How's this guy going to make a living? You can't possibly take enough people out fishing to pay all of the startup costs that he just incurred. He probably incurred twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars in startup costs. Most of those costs were one-time costs, correct? A lot of them were. Like you know, the office, the internet, the telephone. Sure, those were monthly revolving debt, but 
yeah, all of those other costs, one-time costs up front, and he's got no income coming in. I'm on the edge of my seat. How did this turn out? It was not pretty. Really? It was not pretty. You know, fishing guides in Portland, Oregon are a dime a dozen. There are a lot of them. And the idea of what is the solution you're providing was neck deep with my friend. What makes you different? You know, he had this really cool logo. Uh, his nickname was Bear. I mentioned that. Some of you who know me know Bear. Bear's a dear, dear friend of mine. Super cool logo, but it didn't speak to the solution. It was just a really cool graphical logo that he had to pay $1,200 for. Interesting. Didn't generate a single customer. Now, there are some uh, exceptions to this rule, I would imagine, for those who uh, think they've got this great idea and a great solution to a problem that's prevalent, that they've got a great target market and a tar target demographic, and they go and they get that interest up with the branding, the logo, and, and all that that encompasses, and then do their launch and and do okay. Sure. I mean, there's thousands, tens yeah. of thousands of, of examples where they did it the way Bear did. And, and it worked out. And it worked out. Um, but again, I, I think I'm a niche-based kind of guy, and I think small budget. Um, I used to do... Uh, I was an engineer tech, I was a consultant on IPO offerings early in the internet era, and I'm sitting in the room. That, the whole reason they had me there uh, as a data analysis is to look at the numbers, the technology, and the engineering. And the numbers that were being thrown around even in the late 80s, early 90s, tens of millions of dollars being thrown at a company. And yeah, all, all of that stuff, all of the flowery graphics, and here's our logo, here's our color, we're gonna use this particular font, here's our slogan, and it's gonna be this particular font. I'd have to wait some cases an hour and a half before we got to anything that I was interested in. Right. To me, what's the solution? That's where you're gonna make your money. So when you have the solution, you, whether it's product or service, and you are offering a solution to a problem, a void, is it necessary to include the logo or branding on any of that material? Absolutely. Well, that's what I say. If you start with the solution, now the branding starts to make sense. And again, whether it's a logo, an icon, a symbol, a letter, a word, right. a style, a font, all of that stuff can convey an emotion. And it's the emotion that's going to make the difference. We make decisions as a consumer, 90% on emotion, and then we justify our expense 10% on logic. Usually so, to your better half. Right. You know, I came home with a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Which explains why we're in a coffee shop doing this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> she's a cute puppy. Though. Oh, she's really cute. She's a very, very cute puppy. So to brand or not to brand, of course, you've got a brand but you've got to do the branding correct. If you start from the solution, if you put your customer first and authentically put your customer first, this can't be just a saying. This just can't be something that you go through the motions and pretend 
to put your customer first. You've got to be willing to lay everything on the line for your customer in order for this to work. It reminds me of the uh, a couple podcast episodes ago where we talked about lip service versus customer service. Mm-hmm. It really is all about being authentic and, and doing it from your heart. Uh, you might be able to get away with not doing it that way for a little bit, but in my experience, it always comes back to bite you. And it's, uh, it's much worse then than if you just do it the right way uh, along the way. That's right. Well, that'll do it for us today. Be sure to catch more episodes, subscribe to our podcast, and get out there and enjoy the business buffet. Again, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor of today's business buffet episode, our friends at the Innovation Collective. The Innovation Collective is unleashing human potential and will not stop. In the last five years, they have hosted over 700 events and have traveled to over 60 communities across the world with one goal, and that is to unleash human potential by repairing community and capitalism. Visit innovationcollective.co for more information about the Innovation Collective. Thank you for listening to today's Business Buffet podcast. If you came in hungry for some business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.